So you wanna watch a movie but you don't know which Choosing the one can be a bitch But Jared and Drew have perfected the art So sit back, relax, and trust the dark It's Dartboard Movie Night What's going on everyone? I'm Drew And I'm Jared And this is Dartboard Movie Night Where Jared and I each select 10 films We throw them up on a dartboard And let the fates decide How you doing tonight, Jared? I am great, Drew. How I feel about like you? I sounded way too fucking radio uh, host. There. No, I thought that was good, dude. Intro's <laughs> always going to sound that way, especially yeah. when we're on episode what fucking three. I guess it, and that's counting the little welcome to our show episode. Yeah, this is really only episode two. We're gonna be we're gonna let the people know we're gonna be starchy for a little bit. We'll loosen up. Yeah, we'll, we'll loosen, loosen up. up. I don't know. What are we watching tonight? Well, tonight we got a Drew nominee. A movie that I personally knew nothing about, 2018 Burning. And I will say, I'm going to be leaning on you, Drew, for like a little bit of like the backstory. I don't know if you did any research on this one. I had I had the viewing and I actually don't know how much research really matters in this one because I think the movie really kind of stands on its own, I guess. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. But I do want to well, ask you. Yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I do want to ask you what led to... To Burning being one of your nominees. Do you remember? Because you, if correct me if I'm wrong, you have not seen this, correct? No. And I, I really didn't know a whole lot about it. I knew very, very little for, for you know, I, I when we were doing the intro uh, conversation, I mentioned that I don't really, or, or that I don't, I, I don't mind knowing about a movie ahead of time in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. I'm not as spoiler phobic as a lot of people. Like I, I am to an extent, I don't want to know like big spoilers, but if I know that people are in something or I've seen images of the movie or, you know, there's been some talk about like certain things about a movie online, like I, it doesn't generally bother me all that much. Um, but when it came to burning, you know, I, I had seen this, that this movie existed. I, I, you know, I had seen it pop up on my, my Amazon prime that year. Um, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I was aware of its existence, but I really became, um, familiar with, with it around award season that year because mm. Steven Yen's performance in this was getting so much talk as, as just one of the best supporting performances of the year. Really? And even here, outside of the international category? Yeah, well, because, I mean, Steven Yen was coming off of, like, a really big upswing with, uh, he had these these great supporting turns. Uh, this one that I'm thinking of is in uh, Sorry to Bother You, um, mm. where he had a really great, you know, probably five to ten minute uh, bit in that movie. But, um, yeah, he, he was just an actor that, you know, he had been kind of, you know, going back to talking about Walking Dead earlier, he had been an actor that people were were really interested in. I mean, I think quite honestly, a lot of people online were thirsty as shit for Steven Yen for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he just like uh, there was something about him that achieved this sex symbol status online for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, around the time that he was getting popular on Walking Dead, it was just like, oh, Glenn is like the the secret hot one of of Walking Dead, yeah. you know. That was just like well, a he common- is. 
super handsome. He's a yeah. very handsome man. You know? Well, we'll get to how sexy he is in this movie, but I mean, the dude is just lighting up the fucking screen. It's ridiculous, yeah. but Incredibly we'll get to seductive. his performance specifically. But I mean, that's why it was on my radar was he kept getting talked about for, mm-hmm. and he was a front runner for an Oscar nomination that year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, uh, the other one that he was in around the time or shortly before this came out was Okja. He had a great performance in that with Bong Joon-ho. Um, have you seen that? Yeah. It's a great movie. Have you never watched that? No. When did this, when did this come out? Oh, it's Bong Joon-ho's Netflix movie. It was his uh, movie right before Parasite. Oh God, dude. I think someone was telling me about this the other day. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't seen well this worth yet. a watch. I mean, I think that's low on my Bong Joon Ho list, uh, but something. I mean, that's like talking moment. like yeah, you're talking about degrees yeah. of great. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, Hard Eight's my least favorite PTA movie or whatever. It's like, well, what are we talking about here? It's yeah, I mean, movie. well, so yeah, so so his movies leading into this were exactly what I just said: Okja, then he had uh, Sorry to Bother You right after that, and then Burning, all in succession. Mm-hmm. So he was just on wow. a hot streak at this point. Yeah, um, and all while escaping the shadow of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. which is probably cast, probably looms pretty large. You know, to get the fuck away from that character. Well, and then of course, you know, he he recently was in Minari and was nominated for an Oscar for that. So I've heard that's excellent too. I haven't seen that. I either. still haven't watched it, but I mean, I'm, I'm that much more excited to watch it now uh, that I've seen how fucking talented this guy is. But anyway, yeah. that's why it was on my radar. I it kept getting talked about for that reason. Um, but also just that, I mean, people were saying it was just a great film. Uh, and mm. it, you know, so it, it had always been on my list and to be honest with you, I mean, you brought up before we got to the actual bulk of the the episode, but the big thing that turned me off for a long time was the runtime. And you said that you didn't realize it was a two and a half hour movie when you sat down to watch yeah, it the first time. No, we'll get into it. Yeah, I had I had no idea what I was getting into. And it was it made for a really interesting and complicated viewing experience for me. Um I I knew nothing about this. I'd never heard of this movie. I recognize Stephen Yen, but I couldn't place him. Even as this movie started, I was like, where do I know this guy? And then I was like, oh my God, The Walking Dead, of course. But it was like bugging me. Uh, but anyway, all this is to say, I didn't know anything about this movie. I had a good vibe going into it. I didn't even know what the genre was. And then the movie starts and I'm watching it on DVD. Like you're saying, Drew, I don't know the runtime. And I'm watching it late at night. I was, you know, I wasn't like, you know, drunk or anything, but it was late at night. And I was like, I gotta watch this movie. So Drew and I can chat about it. And I had just no idea what I was getting into. And this movie gets to the point. I mean, I, we, we could kind of save to, we'll get into more detail a little later. No, but I think but I got to reaction, the point. Yeah. I normally love not knowing anything about a movie. You know, we've talked about it. Sometimes it's on purpose, like with, with licorice pizza. Sometimes it's completely by accident. This was by accident. And I was excited, but like, I don't know where this is going. I got to a point where I was like, I need to pause this fucking movie and Google it just to see what genre it is. Cause I don't know what the fuck I'm watching. Like it got to this point in this movie where it's like, where is this going? It's hypnotic. And like, it just like, it you're is, just like, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah. It's like totally. And, and based on some of the South Korean movies that we've been watching, um, they, a lot of them have just kind of at least very bizarre elements to it, I would say, from our perspective, or something really unexpected. And this movie does have those things for sure in the back half. But I kept my brain, I couldn't turn off trying to guess what was what type of movie I was watching. Cause again, I had no idea. Sure. And like, cause you know how they kept in this just one example, 
Early on in the movie, they kept really hammering home the sound of her, her keypad on her door. And whenever mm. he'd close the door, it would make the locking sound really deliberately. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm trying to guess what the fucking movie I'm watching here. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to get locked in the room. And I'm trying to do all this guessing game. And it's like this whole storyline of his father starts coming in and they're like smoking pot at the farm. And I, that's where I got to the point where it's like, okay, me not knowing anything about this movie is officially becoming a disservice because I am going crazy trying oh, to guess see, what the fuck I'm Oh, see, I think you were going exactly where the movie wanted you to go because well, to, me, that, to me, that point in the movie where, is where the movie reaches transcendence. Yeah, so that that's when I had to pause it and I had to Google just to see snap, a snapshot synopsis and at least just see the genre. That's yeah. all I really wanted to see. And it said mystery thriller. And I was able to kind of take a breath and be like, okay. So, and I saw it was two and a half hours. So it's like, Jesus, like we're just getting started. Uh, but, uh, and I'm not someone, by the way, who bashes long movies. I enjoy a long movie. I just didn't know that this was going to be that. Um, so then I kind of buckled in with a different, some sort of reference of, okay, this is going to be at some point sus- mysterious and suspenseful, according to this, you know, genre title. And I was able so to roll with it more. By the time they got to the farm scene where they're smoking pot, you didn't already have like some kind of like rumblings of weird feelings with Ben. I thought he was strange for sure. And I ha- I was kind of falling into a lot of her or a lot of, I don't know. I was thinking like, yeah, how does he get his money? I was kind of distracted by. Um, you were trying to figure this thing out and it, it wasn't yeah. trying to get you to figure it out yet. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is kind of weird. This guy's just coming from Africa. He's really wealthy. Because it really, yeah, it really starts yeah. as a mood piece. Yeah, and I was kind of, I, and I was, I was, I was rolling with it, and I was just kind of like, and they kind of threw these little red herrings about like the Great Gatsby and stuff, and I was thinking like, oh, is he like this kind of tragic character who's like uh, kind of paper mache? Was well, uh, that kind of sort the question of, thing. of the movie? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is, and well, I can't wait to get into our interpretations about the ending of this movie. By the way, but I, I would say, the for the first time in my life, my lack of knowledge about what this movie was going to be felt like a disservice, um, and it felt like I wasn't approaching the movie on its own terms, and I was so busy trying to guess what it was that I was watching that I got a little bit distracted. But when you I finally had the great settled hunger, down, Jared. I did. I had the great, I was the great mystery. Uh, my arms were up and they were flailing towards the sky. It was great hunger. And um, then when I settled into the groove and it got darker and kind of more twisted, I certainly got kind of roped in. And it was a movie where I found myself thinking about it a ton. Last night, today, it's been heavy on my mind. It's haunting. I I didn't know it had gotten me so well. I left when I when I turned the TV off. I thought great ending, incredible back half. I don't know how I feel about that early stuff. It seemed to okay. meander so much. I think that's but, reasonable. But the way I feel so truly haunted by it, and like it's just like hanging out of my head, must prove something that it really it really got under my skin without me even noticing. Well, and to have that effect on you, there has to be something working about that. You Absolutely. Know? And I think, I think, I think if you wa- like watch this again without that need for answers mm-hmm. and just let it kind of just take you on this weird trancey journey, I think you're going to mm-hmm. have a better time with it. I think if you approach it more as Ben approaches life, which is a little hunger, 
Yeah. Uh, and it's more about just observing the world, accepting it for what it is. I think mm. it's going to wash over you in a different way. And it's fascinating to me that this movie states its thesis up front with the little hunger, great hunger conversation mm-hmm. and fully, fully just that's everything about this whole movie, like throughout it. It's all about that dynamic of like, you know, yearning for something more versus taking something as it is. And I think there's two ways to watch this movie as a result. And, and it's just, it's anyway, I, I I think I'm giving away, um, you, you know, that this to me, to me is a masterpiece. Yeah. I think this movie is transcendently good and mm. it works on levels that I don't fully understand. And that's yeah. when I, you know, when I have that reaction to a movie where I'm like, there's something in the chemistry of this movie that is fucking with my head in such a way that I don't know what it's doing to me. That's, that's where I'm just like, Whoa, like, yeah, that's, that's a whole other level of filmmaking. Yeah. That's a fascinating point because my gut is I'm not, I'm not at masterpiece level off the one viewing though. This is like Kubrick level stuff to me. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can appreciate the way it did get under my skin and certainly um, leaked into my subconscious a lot more than I was aware, which I guess it's subconscious. That's what it does. But um, so I'm willing to give it a ton of credit. And and I will say I was left seeing like I could tell that's a really good movie for me personally. I'm not ready to go master masterpiece because I have to see it again. And I have to see if those interesting, those intro parts the stuff with his father, the story, the story is kind of woven all within the same story, but of the cow and talking to the other farmers, getting petitions signed. I have to see if that adds, if it adds to what's going on on second viewing. I have to see if it, because it, I don't know. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying, um, I'm wondering if on second viewing it'll seem flabby or necessary. I'm curious to see how I feel about it. Well, look, I mean, I had the, I had a similar reaction. I, I I'm not I'm not saying the movie doesn't doesn't feel flabby at times. It does. Um mm-hmm. my thing is when the components that do work work on this level. There's a level of craft going into that where I'm almost saying to myself, if I if I think it's superfluous, it just means I'm not getting it. Mm. And yeah, and that to me, that, that's intention. when I've, I'm like, this movie is smarter than me mm. and it's going to take me 30 viewings to get to where, you know, the, yeah. like this movie is. That's yeah. kind of how I, mean, I feel about this movie. I'm like, I'm, I'm like I'm, kind of willing to accept faults because I'm just like, it's so good that I, who am I to question it? The thing that I thought was strongest about the movie is that it is a mystery story. And for me, off of one viewing, I don't know how I'll feel about this, but it ends a mystery. Well, but that's my me. thing is like, I think, I think that's what this movie is doing. It's saying, is this actually a mystery? I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that Lee Jung-soo is correct. I'm, I'm like 85% sure he's right. But... It's not a guarantee. He's and also the narrator. It, and every narrator in this movie is fucking unreliable, including himself. This is someone who fantasizes and masturbates all the time and imagines things. He's also a writer and he's looking for a story. 
That's true. And, and there let's are just talk about things. the ending. I think we should yeah, just talk, talk about, about it because gotta, I think because that's the most important thing it. about this movie because it contextualizes yeah. the entire viewing experience. Yeah. I think I would, I'm curious to see what percentage of people thought that Ben was guilty of murder. Well, so I want to, I want to talk a serial about, killer. yeah, I want to, I want to tell you what my interpretation of this movie was at the end. Mm-hmm. There's a scene towards the end where Jong Su is writing in her room and is shown in that panning out or the, the, you know, pulling out a crane shot from his window, um, showing him writing. It's the first time in the movie that you see him actually writing. And from there, mm-hmm. it's also the first time in the movie where it shifts from his perspective for a second. It's the only time in the movie where it shifts to, um, Ben. So I think, look, that the easy interpretation there would be to say that the ending is just him writing an ending to that story, which I think is kind of a boring interpretation. A little. Oh, bit. I don't think that's, I don't think that's so. I mean, it, it, uh, who am I to say, but I agree with you that uh, that's not how I saw it. anyway. But I think, I think what the movie is doing is it's finally saying, Hey, we've been looking from this guy's perspective, but now I want you to feel this other perspective, which is mm-hmm. getting stabbed by somebody at point blank, uh, unexpectedly and dying, you know, and, and it's the first time that you don't like when, when Jong Su kills Ben, the focus is not on his reaction of killing that man. It never cuts to it. It yeah. only shows you Ben's reaction. Yeah. And, and it's saying, maybe this guy isn't who you thought it was. So to back up entirely, my, my read on this movie is that it's about a writer looking for stories mm. who comes across two very interesting people that are worth writing about. So he mm. tries to find a story, but he's not realizing that in, while he's doing that, he's actually experiencing the actual story. And mm. that obsession is what leads him to see things that aren't there and enact the mm. story that he subconsciously is like wishing that he was in. So yeah. it's like, to I think that there's, it's a tragedy. All of it is what actually happens. But when he's, you know, when the cat is coming to him because he says boil, um, was that actually the cat responding to the name or was it just that the over time the cat, you know, came over to him. Every bit of evidence that he has against Ben is completely based on whether you think that Ben is sketchy or not. Mm -hmm. And going back to the thesis of the movie, Ben is the epitome of little hunger. Ben is, and and listen, I've seen the number one hit on, on YouTube before anyone calls me out. I, and I'm pulling some thoughts from that video. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it right now. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes credit later, but, um, there's a great video that talks about the difference between the little hunger and the great hunger. But Ben is the epitome of the little hunger in that he fully accepts the world as it is. And he doesn't judge it for that. At one point in the movie, he specifically says, I don't judge anything. I just accept it. Speaking Mm. about, you know, just the world basically. And if you, if you strip away the, the perspective of Jong Su as not trusting this guy and you look at Ben as just a person who is simple in his perspective of the world, where he literally doesn't feel the same emotions as other human beings, because he's just like, I don't care. 
I don't yeah. give a shit. Nothing matters. Like, and he just has this, and, and that's why he laughs when people cry. Like, in order to have any sort of real emotion uh, and, and, and like feel pain and feel like happiness and all these, these, you know, crazy emotions, you have to believe that some of that matters. And he doesn't. So to him, it's just like the world is just this thing to just kind of like eat popcorn and like watch and just observe, you yeah. know? Yeah. So if you look at him from that perspective, um, and and you also at the same time accept that none of Jong Su's uh, evidence against Ben is anything but circumstantial and and requires yeah. the the precognition uh, that this man is potentially dangerous, even though he's yeah. shown no evidence to the, to that besides saying that he burns down greenhouses. Yeah. Um, you can look at this movie as being like. This is just Jong Su seeing a story that's not actually there because he wants it to be there and he's you yeah. know bored. That's what was so that was some of the layers that I was so tangled up with in such a good way upon reflection of the movie is like I just don't know who to believe. Like I see you know I see where Jong Su's coming from. Like these things like the the cat and like call respect Cats are weird. Sometimes they respond to anything you say. Doesn't mean it's just the cat's name. Well, and even the and bracelets like, in the drawer, like he's yeah, seeing that anything. as trinkets for his like kills. But yeah. who knows? He could just like have a weird fetish for like that kind of shit. He could steal something from every lover. You never know. It could be something he, like that. The dude like, likes to paint makeup on girls' faces. Like he might just yeah. have some weird fetishes. Like yeah, and that's but not necessarily also, inherently uh, malicious. But it also might be true. That that he is killing these girls, and sure, that's of so, course, yeah, and you can read it the other yeah, way entirely fairly. That's what that's what is so so crazy about the movie, and 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 that's what was really fucking with me in the best possible way. Is I was just thinking, it's like I really can see it both ways in terms of just the the the, the base level story that's being told is like who do you believe? And obviously, we spend um, you know the majority of our time in in Jung Su's perspective, but. Um, I just found myself going in circles about whether or not Ben was a killer. And I was like, this is fucking great that I'm so confused because they withhold the perfect amount of information. When he is taking care of Hamie's cat and you just never see the cat. And even then I start thinking like, does this cat exist? Kind of like he jokingly alludes to in the first scene of him in the but apartment. But there's cat poop. But there's, there's cat you know, poop. We see the food is gone. So the cat, there is a cat. Again, and to add to your and point, it would require, if he's to be believed as a narrator. But yeah. um, but I I mean, I think I was, I was rolling with on first viewing the perception of believing his perception of course but that, not that, necessarily me too, me too. yeah but not necessarily agreeing with it all the time or not not seeing it as definitive you know so but that's so why like, this okay, movie so, rewards repeat viewings because yeah. you can re-watch it with a completely different different perspective yeah and it was so cool the fact that like we don't know what this fucking cat looks like so by the time this ben now has a cat a little suspicious but people get cats at random times that's not an indictment and then it just responds to the boil her pink watch is there, but that pink watch can be purchased at a department store. It's not her, her unique watch, you know. So it's like all exactly. these crazy. They even things. show a character earlier on, a, a different woman that, like, when um, uh, when Jung Su is is trying to find Hei Mi, uh, yeah. he in, he. Uh, confronts one of the women who work in the company that she worked at previously, and she has the exact same bracelet on. Yeah, and oh god, and the way. 
that Ben responds when he pulls up on the road at the very end of the movie of like, I thought, hey, me was with you. Yeah. To me, on first viewing, it sounds pretty genuine. Like, it sounds like, but if he was a really good liar, he maybe would be playing it that way. Like, it's just, so, there's so many fucking knots to it. And it's so it's really well constructed in that way and just was really fucking with me. But again, on second viewing, I have to see, first of all, other interpretations like we're talking about. And secondly, um, if I felt like those, the fir- oh, some of that first half stuff was all necessary or if it felt flabby to me. But, but certainly the ending and the balls of just ending it there, him driving away with the car on fire behind him. And I was thinking to myself, if this movie ends right now, this is fucking badass ending. And it just ends. It's like, God, that's ballsy and awesome. What a great, amazing ending was worth every amount of time it took to get there, regardless of whether or not it's flabby. And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be with me for a long time of, of like, and we'll see as time passes where it lands in my mind, but it's going to be an all-timer credit sequence for me. Like, cut to credits, it's just like, that was incredible. Well, and, and that just, shot like, what an too, ending. because it's just like, he's out of focus because of the, you know, the fog and stuff on, on his windshield. And in yeah. the background, you've got the light coming through the back of the, the truck of yeah. the, the Ferrari or, or excuse yeah. me, the Porsche on fire. And it's just haunting imagery. And then right before it cuts to credits is the first time you get the wiper blade come up to like show you his face and he's distraught. And it's, you just oh, get cool. a, like just a little like look at it at the end. Oh, it's yeah. just brilliant filmmaking. We haven't mentioned the director's name yet, which oh is my a God, fucking crazy. crime. Uh, yeah, but it's at- Lee Cheng Dong, who is just, I mean, this just makes me want to watch everything he's got to offer. Uh, Secret mm. Sunshine is on Criterion Collection. I, I'm going to order it on Amazon today, I think, because um, mm. my rewatch today, I was just so infatuated with his direction. Um, Do you think there's, I mean, we'll get to it, but is there a chance that'll be your replacement? for for this number we'll get to it we'll get to no it. because i i'm not gonna wait around for us to hit it oh i got you i got you yeah 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 anyway sorry not to, to cut you off no Has no no, no but other? i just I, I like we needed to we needed to mention his name i mean the the yeah. guy is clearly an unbelievably talented filmmaker he also made a movie yeah. called poetry uh one called oasis um, mm. peppermint candy uh and and green fish are i believe his main uh main credits but this was his first film in eight years at this point and apparently you know for those who had who were familiar with his filmography before this came out this was a long-awaited follow-up mm. um and yeah i mean it's just it's an incredible work man and and there's just such control to this movie and i think yeah. that's what you'll get on a repeat viewing because i mean let i want to kind of get back to the beginning maybe at this point yeah, let's circle back. Let's circle back. And and just talk about how this movie sets itself up. I mean, as I mentioned before, I think it's brilliant that this movie, within 15 minutes of the movie starting, you're with your two main characters in a scene, uh, or at least you're, what you think are you're going to be your two main characters, um, and they're delivering the thesis statement of the movie with the little hunger, great hunger. And I want to be clear that both of those characters in Hey Me and Jong Su, they are both epitomes of, uh, well, Hey Me seems to be kind of like in between the great and the little hunger. She has I think she's a, great. a desire to be great hunger, but she's also yeah. very, you know, okay with her stature in life. And she, uh, no, you know, I think I disagree. I think I feel, I feel she seems 
incredibly burdened by her lack of significance Hmm. and has those like, especially after she smokes pot at the farm and has the crying spell after, after she dances anyway, not like a spell, but she is clearly sad and she's got her arms up in kind of the great hunger dance. I think she's really struggling with her place in the world and why she is existing. That's a fair reading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, but but I I think you're right. No, but, but Jung Su is, is absolutely the great hunger in this. Um, in terms of, you know, he, he desires something more. He has a low standing in life and he doesn't quite know how to get there. And he's a clearly a great writer. Um, you think so? Well, I mean, at least from what the evidence they give us in the movie, I mean, he seems. Uh, oh, that's right. There's the petition that mm-hmm. is signed and they comment the writing. Yeah. Um, I, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hinted at that, like, well, I mean, look, like I, I, there's the scene early on where he's talking with, Hey, me while they're smoking cigarettes right after they meet the first time mm. or the first time in the movie, movie that is. And he's talking about, well, I want to be a writer. Like it's, it's less about what he's doing to get there and more about the desire for more. Like he has the ambition of being a writer, like Mm. whether he's taking the steps to fulfill that or not, you know, you can, you can debate, but he's uncomfortable with his lot in life. He's uncomfortable with, uh, you know, his stature. He wants more. Well, and he's uncomfortable all the time in life, not only his lot, but in life, every time we see him, he seems like he's stumbling around and his mouth is open and he's like, he always looks clumsy. He's always hunched over. He's yeah. Kinda, he looks like he doesn't, he's like still learning how to walk or something. He's always kind that's, of tripping That's on the great things. hunger. Like it's not just yeah. like doing more. It's, it's wanting more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I love that it starts with that and then it runs with that for the movie. And I think when you watch it on rewatch, it's going to be more hypnotic in those early scenes because you're not expecting anything and you're just, mm. you can just let those scenes breathe. And I think it's so interesting how, you know, again, kind of going back to my interpretation of like, you can watch this movie and not think Ben is a bad guy. He's just a different perspective. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. That's why I was so, so twisted. Like I could see it being a complete mistake to kill him and that he's completely innocent, but I could also see this twisted, crazy version where his burning of the greenhouses is a metaphor that every two months he kills girl. Right. And like, so it's like this, you're stuck in this crazy limbo between these two ideas Mm -hmm. and it's left unresolved. I think it's so cool that there's no scene of, you know, Jaime being snatched up. There's no scene of her body being found. There's it's, she could have just split town and said, fuck you for calling me a whore for dancing with my shirt off. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to you anymore. Mm -hmm. And, but we don't get any of these answers. So we're left just spinning and wondering. And, um, and then there's the crazy shit too, about how, how unreliable Jaime is as, a narrator where she's telling this well story that's countered by a lot of people. But then this mother character who gives no reason for us to believe her playing a video game in front of her son. She hasn't played seen. But again, is that confirmation bias or is that the truth? Don't know. And, and, and is, so was there a well, we've got, Two people saying there was a well. We have one guy going, I don't know, maybe there was, maybe there was. There might have been. I don't think so. But then we hear from the mother that it was a dry well. So it was just so, it's so hard to find anyone to believe in this movie. And that's so cool about it. And everyone's fake too, like that's outside of the core group. So like, 
you yeah. know, you have all the like, you know, the mom has ulterior motives because the kid is offering to pay for shit. So she's yeah. like trying to like make him happy. So who knows? Maybe she's lying about that. The, mm-hmm. you know, the workers uh, the, at the restaurant that when he's eating noodles, uh, I, I can't remember. Are they related to him? Yeah, they were, they were, they were Jaime's um, sister and mother, I believe. Oh, okay. Because they were like, okay. tell her she can't come home until she pays off her credit card. So they, they're and, not worried about her. They and just they think reco- she's fucking off. They recognized, just- yeah, they're not worried. They recognized him from the village because they were like right. neighbors and they knew him. And they're like, is that you? Blah, blah, blah. So they just thought she was doing, because she obviously is a flighty person by nature. Right. But then going back on the twisted narrative, maybe that's the type of people Ben selects. You know, it's so crazy to, to jump between these ideas. Right. And so masterfully done. Right. But I mean, the fact that yeah. we're having all these questions is exactly what I'm talking about. It's just and like, that's what I he mean, wants. Like, you know, yeah, the director wants. I mean, yeah. this is like, this is the highest level of filmmaking you get. Yeah. Um, that I've makes never, you have these kind of questions and have them not feel frustrating, you know? Yeah. Cause like exactly. these kind of questions, these kind of questions in the wrong hands, it's just like, well, what the fuck was that? Why aren't you like telling yeah. me what this is? You don't feel that when you watch this movie, you're just so like true. the, the, the uncertainty is why I like this movie. Yes. It's so I've, I'm not a huge mystery guy. Uh, but I have never seen a movie that ends with so few questions answered and such a heavy mystery lingering. And I feel completely satisfied at the same time. It's yeah. such a bizarre combination and yeah. I've, and a combination I've never felt. I don't think. No, that can Not feel that I can really unfulfilling as an ending in the wrong hands. Like yeah, if this was annoying. directed by a lesser filmmaker, it, I, if yeah. even if it's the exact same script, I could honestly see this movie not working with the, with a less talented filmmaker. Dude, how how awful would it be if we saw the cat and it was the cat? You know, like then, had like then a the mystery's gone. That said, like like boil boil or, or some yeah. shit. Or or we saw her with a picture of the cat and it looked very similar to this cat. Yeah, we got well, like maybe an that inception okay. style, like but pan down at the ending yeah. of just like down to like if a frame got of that picture. Some <laughs> sort of solid answer that that was boil. That would have been so fucking lame. Right. And it's so cool that we don't we don't get it, and and the point you made, I completely echo. It does not bother us. Right. That's that's really pulling off a magic trick a little bit. But going back to the first act of this movie, which is essentially like an hour of this movie, like it's all set up for a long, long time. Mm. Um, it if you watch it as a film noir, it really works because the mm. first hour of that movie plays like the postman always rings twice or detour or something. It's a film noir, but it maybe it's in the guy's head mm. and it's, and, yeah, and so cool. like the first hour really feels like that to the point where when they, when the scene, which we sh- I mean, deserves mention alone is just the single shot of her dancing in the, the sunset. Yeah. Uh, that which was is beautiful. One of the greatest single take scenes I've ever seen. And then is mm. far surpassed by the ending, which we'll again talk about when we get to that. But, um, mm. I think that's whole scene is set to this saxophone or, or this like, you know, jazz mu- muted trumpet yeah. jazz that just feels so noiry and just like, yes, like floaty and like, Oh yeah, man, dude, it's, cold, it's incredible. Cold rainy night in New York. You know, it's that sort of jazz yeah. is what it's evoking for me, but set to this really pretty sunset and this girl who is kind of sadly dancing, but dancing nonetheless, uh, topless and the flag, the South Korean flag waving in the background 
Like that was a really, that was another kind of scene that'll be sticking with me for a long time. And, and how sad if it's pot and it is possible that she is dead. So that that's almost the last time we see her on. Well, I guess when, when they say goodbye and she drives away in the car is the last time we see her in this film, regardless of whether or not she's living or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is really kind of a beautiful goodbye to our reaction to this character or our relation to this character. And um, yeah, that really was a, was a gorgeous, gorgeous scene. Oh, it's brilliant. Now, did you get to a feeling of like why? Um, and again, where this is a movie, I think it's unavoidable that we're hopping around because it's so, it's so big and it's, but it's also so small within the characters it's working with. But anyway, why do you think Ben was so kind of dismissive of the clear lies that he was being sold? Like which, which was, ones, you know, when like uh Jong Su is in the van outside of his house and Ben calls his cell phone and it's like, where are you? And he just lies and says, I'm like, I'm over here. And then it just like knocks on the window. And no, so it's very clearly, sinister. I mean, but I, he I, just caught him in a lie and then he invites him to dinner. If you were, I mean, um, if you remember what my interpretation is of Ben though, my, my interpretation yeah. of Ben is that he is a guy who That's nothing true. bothers him literally yeah. nothing and even yeah. that he's intrigued more than he is yeah. upset he wants well, to know why this person is doing this so he's like come on yeah. like let's let's go yeah he it could be it could be so many different things it could be um like you're saying he doesn't he doesn't really care and he's curious as to where it might lead it could be um he's underestimating this person uh it could be that maybe this guy thinks Jaime is here and wants to see if we're together as he's kind of in love with her and looking for her. I don't know. Maybe I'll put his mind at ease and yeah. show her. It, show could, her be it could be, yeah. it could be a million different things, That's but I the thought thing, it was but interesting you, you're that he led was to not, believe the one thing simply because you're watching from Jung Su's perspective. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's the more we're talking about it, the more I'm digging it. Uh, I definitely reacted to it. Unlike anything else. Which is saying is probably very high praise. If I could do it over again, the first watch, I and I could have someone tell me one thing, I would have them tell me, just be patient. It gets interesting. Just be patient. So if I knew uh, someone who was or patient, as Ben or, says, or, don't judge anything, just accept it. Yeah, I think you're gonna have a really beautiful rewatching experience in like three to six months whenever you decide to revisit it because I think yeah. it's just one of those movies where you're just gonna vibe on this for a little while and you're gonna let it percolate and it's gonna be like, ah, I really like that movie. Oh, that yeah. that did things to me. Like it's just you're yeah. gonna have those thoughts kind of creep up over the next few weeks and then like you're gonna be like, I, I gotta go back. I got I gotta watch this one yeah. more time. Just see if it holds up and you're gonna like that's I, I think the experience I'm describing is what I had the first and second times I watched um all that jazz, where like mm-hmm. the first time I watched it, I was like, This is chaos. This is all over the place, but I fucking love it and I don't know why. It's like it's <laughs> it's like again, it's like this chemistry that you're like, I can't identify why this is working. I just know that it is. Yeah. And I want to understand it better. And I don't know that I got any real like connective tissue there. It was just like things being like propelled at my face the first time I watched it, you know? And then the second time you watch it and it's just like, this is the tightest thing I've ever seen. This is perfect. Like 
every element mm. is exactly where it should be. Like this is like everything a movie can be like, like that's kind of like what I expect that second rewatch to be for you. Well, it's so cool that you had such similar reactions over movies that operate on completely different wavelengths. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's so movies are so cool for so many different reasons, but the fact that we can enjoy all of these different speeds and flavors and colors and genres and vibes and approaches and performances and music. And it's just, I mean, go on and on and on, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is what, this will be one that, um, I is going to be with me for a while. I can tell. I think this is just one of those movies that's like, it's going to mean something now. It's going to mean something different six weeks from now. It's going to mean something more different than that 10 years from now. Yeah. So it's like, I think don't be afraid of revisiting it because to me, when something is like of this caliber of filmmaking, like it's just going to hit you on different levels at different times. You know, it's like, yeah, it's the same way I feel about, you know, going back to talking about Paul Thomas Anderson earlier. It's like when I rewatched, uh, I, I saw uh, Phantom Thread once in the theaters, saw it again once shortly after that, maybe when it first came out on DVD, I think, and then rewatched it again with like, like three months ago or something. And I was just like, I got a completely different experience all three times and mm. it meant something different to me each time, even though it's telling the same things, obviously, you know, it's just like, yeah. I don't know what that is, but it's something intangible that certain filmmakers have. And this, this one to me clearly has that sort of yeah. chemistry behind it. There's so mumbo jumbo in the gumbo, you know, there you just go. Some craziness going on. It's like, so it's like voodoo or something. I don't know. You're Joe the plumbering this. I love it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, it's. It, I think it it could definitely be one of those for me. I don't think it's going to be a movie I'll ever be in a rush to see again. In terms of, by that I mean the heft of it and how dark it is. And if I if I see this movie again in five years and then again in ten years after that, and if I really really start to think that Jung Soo is wrong. And that he is, if I concretely believe that this is, this is not the reality that he's functioning on, uh, that's going to make it so much harder to watch, you know? Look, I, again, it's like, this movie is so dense. I, and, and it kind of ties into like how I approached doing this conversation today, because when I watched this movie yesterday, I immediately knew when the credits rolled, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do this movie justice. Yeah. In any conversation we have, there's no way that, that we can talk through all the elements of this movie. Because, I mean, there's also elements of just like, you know, metaphor and and uh, yeah. imagery of, of, you know, just like it's it's there's layers to this movie that you could spend. You could do an entire podcast series just dissecting this one movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And when you're watching something like that, like, obviously, like, I can't do this justice. So I was like you know what? I'm not even going to try to like go down a rabbit hole of like researching this movie, trying to understand all these themes and, and motifs and what have you, because it's, it's, it's not in me to do that. I'd rather just let this movie wash over me, rewatch it again, right before the podcast, like go yeah. through it, just pick out the best scenes, figure out like what I think about those things, because that's all I can do here. I was super happy before we got on this chat that you had seen it twice because I was like, okay, cause I, I felt good about I was it was my first viewing, but I was really engaged with the movie, even though I was like, what, where is it going? I didn't check out. I was always in with rhythm of the movie. So I definitely felt like I had a full 
first watch experience. But to your point, the movie is so big and it's got and it's so complicated in terms Which of Which is what crazy because it's really it. three characters. Yeah, that's the, that is insane. That it's a love triangle story. It feels that's so two and a half epic. hours and there are just so many different ways you can you can take it in. Yeah. So I was really glad that at least one of us had seen it twice because I was nervous about like um I was wondering if you thought if you were going to think that uh Ben was guilty for sure. I'm I'm glad to hear that um you know that No, I mean it's, it's, it's this it's movie so wants you to be left with indecision at the end of it. Yeah. And again, I just I'm so I think it's so cool that when you had said that it's shocking that that's not upsetting. Or that's not upsetting is not the right word, but it's shocking that it's not annoying that we're left with so many questions. And that's mm-hmm. to me that's the biggest magic trick of the whole fucking thing. It, and it's a magic trick. Yeah, and um I'm really I definitely am. I'll probably see it again before I return the movie. I got another like three or four days on it. Um, and uh, I want to, uh, I wonder, would you recommend just a full, full blown rewatch or a zing speed through? I mean, you got to no, do the no, You got to be patient. Rewatch. Yeah, you got to be patient. What am I talking Full blown rewatch to We're not really products it, of the TikTok generation. And then if you got other scenes, you, look, I mean, I don't yeah. blame you at all to go back and rewatch the single take finale, which is one of the most masterful single yeah. shots I've ever seen. Didn't even notice it was one take, Dude, which is one of the coolest things you could say about a single take. It's unreal. It starts with uh, kind of a you know down low shot of Steve Yen uh, kind of against the sky, which is cloudy, but you can see the sun kind of behind the clouds. So it's this really defined yellow circle out in the you know the distance, and then it pulls up, you know, while he's smoking a cigarette, kind of like right by his his Porsche. Um, it just kind of like hangs on him and his perspective. Then, you know, Jong Su pulls up, he walks over all still in one take walks over. You don't see the knife behind the door. Like the whole time he's like, where's Hey me knife comes out, stab, stab the whole, it's a one take from the, all of that through to the point where Jong Su strips down and, and lights the thing on fire and gets in the car. It doesn't cut until he's all, all the way in the car and is driving away. So that's got to be a good 90 seconds, maybe Dude, it's, I think it's, uh, I want to say it's at least four or five minutes. Really? That's insane. Um, I didn't that's crazy. It, so I could be wrong, but it's, it's solid three minutes, probably well, four to five. Regardless, a long ass take. And, um, but I mean, I'm, within that take is the shot of Steven Yen dying on screen. Like it's one yeah. of the, go back and watch it for Steven Yen's performance in that single take, because mm-hmm. that performance as just a play on its own is mm-hmm. like Oscar worthy in my opinion. Yeah. Cause I, that was something that struck me today when I was reflecting on it. It was just like, shit, like that's a tough performance. That's one of the better from a performance perspective, like death scenes I've ever seen given. Absolutely. Of just like, this guy's really, this actor is really buying into this fiction and really delivering it in like a kind of terrifying way. Mm-hmm. And also this crazy way you could potentially perceive it that it's deserved. It's so, it's, it's so crazy. And I, I was like, I want to watch it again, looking for his, his, his expression, because how surprised is he? How, how much, like, I don't know. I, I just, it got to see that whole movie again. It's impossible to watch without questioning it. It's just yeah, like, it's, 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 yeah. I was just left thinking, I don't know. I don't know if he's, if Jung Su is right at all. Did you have other, other kind of tie up? 
Well, the lights are not I did want to mention. I did want to mention just the photography of the movie because I think mm. it's beautiful. Um, it's digital photography. It's not shot on film, but I think that's the only way that they can oh, achieve right. the low light photography that they do in this movie. Um, specifically, I'm thinking about like, well, I mentioned the club scene earlier, which I think is beautifully photographed and the sound design of that club scene is outstanding. Yeah. Um, if you have a good sound system, this movie sounds incredible. Um, yeah, for the record, folks, uh, I have a. I watched this on DVD and off of a terrible sound system. And I still liked it a lot. Doing <laughs> but such Drew a was, disservice, and it's Drew such a, was it's very such a fucking crime against this movie that you watched it in that format because it's available in 4K streaming on Amazon. Dude, I Prime like right DVD. Now. I like the way DVDs look. I don't know. Maybe I'm just this a movie sucker is for it. is photographed in the most crisp fucking digital photography in the world. You should watch it in the highest resolution you can. That's just a reality. But yeah. that being said, low light photography, incredible. Um, in I the, got beef the with scene, but the, by the, the way. second the second instance is just even more outstanding. Which is while they're having that conversation that we keep going back to of the greenhouses, mm-hmm. the light the the sun is setting and the light is dimming over the course of that conversation in such a mm-hmm. way that would be impossible to achieve with film. Just in the sense of like you wouldn't be able to light it properly to keep mm-hmm. to maintain that dimming effect, and they're using a lot of natural light in it, which is just this beautiful blue gray haze that's just like starts to wash over the scene and it's like Mm. as they're descending into this like potentially metaphorically horrible uh conversation um and they're slowly getting enveloped by these shadows and and this like loss of light and dude it's and and that's following the that you know the handheld shot of her dancing in the the sunset which is you know it's just like that's crack to me. Like, give me yeah, those yeah, shots that's right up your all street, day, man. every day. I could just like yeah. be uh, drink that in for hours. Now I forget. I'm sorry. You may have mentioned it, but that that kind of dimming throughout the sequence after they put her to bed and they're having this conversation. Were you able to tell or hear if that was done in camera? Was that done with with lights? I don't know. I didn't look into it. I mean, I have to believe that some of that is natural light because it's like it's too too natural looking to not be. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that they have some key lights and stuff to, to, you know, prevent some of that stuff. And, and I don't, I would love to know how they shot it, whether they just like let the light go down and shot it a couple of times over the course of like this, or if they were like doing it on successive days, but only doing certain shots during certain lights or, you know, like, I don't know how they did it. I I hope that there was that level of craft, but even if they're cheating, it looks real. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, I don't think we talked about this with Catch-22, but do you remember that scene where uh, Yosarian is pretending to be the dying guy in the bed and the family comes to see him. Yeah, it's a yeah. weird scene. Very strange scene. Uh, but you talking about this uh, campfire scene, I'll call it, I guess, or this fire pit scene, um, reminded me of it. I didn't notice it until the commentary, but over the course of that scene, uh, which is one take as the kind of family comes in, uh, for much of it anyway, there's a full F-stop change that slowly takes place in camera over the duration of no. the shot. And it seems like the sun is setting, but it's like an, it's actually just a manually done. Cause it was, you know, fucking 68 or 69 or whatever they filmed mm. it. Like actual during the length of the shot, tweaking it I down. I did not realize that. And I wonder if they did something similar to that here. Who knows, which would be, if so would be a cool 
accident correlation between the two films, you know. Beautiful movie. Good, Beautiful good fucking, movie. good fucking flick, dude. The dart has led us strong, I think, two times in a row. It's pointed us in good directions so far. That needle don't lie. Yeah. So it sounds like my my reaction to our conversation is that you were slightly more bullish on this movie than I, but we both really found it to be a fascinating experience. I personally believe it's a masterpiece. It's a movie that I could see myself returning to for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Where, where do you, where would you peg it on that, that sort of scale? Yeah. I think for me with the one viewing, it's too early to say, but what I know for sure is it left an incredibly strong impression with me. And I don't believe I've ever had a reaction to a movie quite like it. So that's gotta be incredibly high praise. So absolutely. Um, a fascinating experience. And I wonder if I get a chance to talk to someone about it and they say they know nothing of it, I wonder if I'll say anything or if I should think that they should have an experience similar to my own. I think, not knowing I anything, think it's you know? worth, if you're introducing this movie to people, I think it's absolutely worth telling them, be patient with it. Yeah. Give it an yeah. hour and a half. You just got to kind of let it, let it take you where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. And I think the experience is better for it. Yeah. Yeah, if I you're think, trying I think to figure this thing that. out in the moment, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, someone at work. I was telling someone at work about, talking about it today, and um, yeah, I was just enjoying kind of because she didn't care about spoilers, but I wasn't going full ham with it, you know. And I was just kind of like explaining the cat situation, and I was like, "So this cat, you kind of think is maybe not not really there, but you also see evidence that the cat's there." And I was thinking like. I told her, I was like, I don't know why I'm getting so hung up on the cat. It's not that big of a plot detail, but of no, course No, but I think that's, that's epitomizing a lot of what's going on in this movie. Because yeah, I brought up the exact same example when Eric asked me about it. Because he was like, oh, well, should I watch it? And I was like, well, look, I mean, it's streaming. Like, it's worth turning on. Whether yeah. it's going to be your cup of tea or not, I, you know, it's really hard to say. Because, I mean, this movie is so ethereal and and metaphorical yeah. and it's just kind of like working on a level that you don't fully understand all the time so if you're not into that vibe i can see this movie not yeah. working for you um but i brought up the cat example also because i was like i was like you know it's just one of these movies where it's like there might be a cat or there might not be a cat, but you kind of don't know. Yeah. It's like Schrodinger's cat or something. It's like something that's like, uh, it's not dead until you see the cat's not there until you see the cat. In a nutshell, it's like, is he a killer or is he like a bad guy? Is he not? Did he do the right thing killing him? I don't know. Is there a cat? Is there not? Is there a cat? I like that. That seems like the button right there. Is there a cat or not? Who's to fucking say? So, Drew, that begs the question, do you have a nominee to replace Burning's position on the board? Yeah, I think I think I do have an option here. I mean, I've got a, a sizable list going. Now, listen, I haven't I haven't decided what it's going to be. This is going to be an in the moment selection here. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want so- to mention what some of the candidates for this nominee are. Or do you want to just think think about it yourself and throw the one out there? No, you know, I I, I kind of like talking out loud, thinking out loud rather. Uh, cool. You know, cool. so I've got I've got a lot of options on here. I have a few on here that I know that I'm I'm not going to pick just yet. Um, you know, some of those like I've got some I've got some Criterion discs that I've been meaning to crack into for a little while now. I've got uh, Ace in the Hole. I've got The New World, Hiroshima, Mon Amour. Um, those are all movies that I've kicked around potentially putting on here, but I'm not going to do that just because I need to watch those on my own, um, and they're not necessarily ones that I, I like. 
think are going to make for interesting podcast episodes. I also, mm. I'm not, not going to put Ron on there. That's another uh, Akira Kurosawa movie well, that I really want to watch. Don't cheat the board now. Don't be doing all these, well, I can't wait to get that on the board. If you got a good one, and now your second reason is a good reason. If you're like, I don't think it's No, no, no. I'm saying these are discs that I've been, I've been meaning to watch for a long time are just gathering dust on my shelf. I'm not going to wait for a dart to get hit to hit it. Why to get not? To They've them. already gathered the dust. But I'm feeling it. I want to go watch them. So <laughs> I'm, I'm talking. Right. I'm thinking out loud here. Just, I just relax. I'm playing along. Just I'm playing relax. along. I'm playing along. <laughs> playing along here. Relax, Drew. <laughs> I should have given you the girlfriend question before. Are you venting or are you looking for advice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that going forward. All right, look. Um, I think what I got to do here, this movie has been sitting in my brain as a movie I need to watch for a long time. And I think I really liked that we had, until we watched this movie, we had a few uh, foreign language films on our list. And right now, all that's left on there for foreign language, I mean, they're both Asian films, so maybe I'm going to regret this decision. But you know what? I just, I love Asian cinema. Um, right now on the list, we've got Seven Samurai and we've got In the Mood for Love, both on my side of the, the board here. But I think we got to put one more. Mm. And that movie is Mother by Bong Joon-ho. Oh. You have not seen And this? I know that's one that you've seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about that choice? I feel I feel wonderful about that choice. I mean, this part of the conversation, I think we can save for the actual episode whenever it is. Um, I've only seen it once. I loved it. I think it's my favorite of his movies, and I've been dying to see it again. Well, so I kind of like... I'll be happy Well, here's it. the thing, too. That's one that has been sitting on my to-watch list for so long because I've seen every other Bong Joon-ho film in existence. Mm-hmm. And it's the only one I haven't seen. It's like one of those to close it out sort of deals. And you mm-hmm. know what? It just feels right as a dartboard edition because it's going to feel like kismet when we hit that. And it's like time to close out Bong Joon-ho. Yes. Yeah. Well, un- for now, until his next film. For me. That might be. For yes, me. of course. Of course. I still got the Yeah, Netflix but I'm going to be first in line for his next one. So there, there's That's no, true. from here on out in his career, there's not going to be a movie that I don't see hey. opening day. Yeah, and just as a side note, we're not poor in concrete, but consider whenever that next movie is coming out, of going in blind, avoiding trailers, things like that. No decision Look, needs I've to be made. I've done that now. already with this movie. Yeah. I've I've seen. Oh, you don't know shit about Mother. I've seen okay. two frames basically. I've seen oh. uh, the main character in a red kind of outfit, uh, standing in a field of grass, shot from behind. That's all I've ever seen of an image of this movie, and the the poster image. That's it. I'm not going to say peep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I, I think it's a great nominee. It. Yep. I think it's a great nominee. Are we ready for the toss? I'm ready, Jared. Do All it. right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go throw this bitch. We have our answer. And what would that be? The number is 13. That would be one of mine. Taking of Pelham one two three, fuck 
Yes, dude. I don't. I know the movie by name only. I know nothing about it. I'm fucking excited. So to give people some context of what to watch, this is the original from 1974 starring Walter Matthau and Robert Shaw, uh, directed by Joseph Sargent. It's supposed to be one of the best freaking movies of the seventies, uh, from what I hear. And I, a lot of people that I have a lot of respect for fucking love this movie. So I'm super excited to watch it. Fuck. Yes, dude. I'm excited too. And this is also going to be a very it. different vibe than the last two movies too. Yeah. The dart. You got to trust in the dart. Dude. It's going to be a fun little tack into a new fucking direction. Trust That's why it's that so good. Fucking dart, man. Got to trust in the dart. If it's, it was up to us, we would have. It is decided. <laughs> it is decided. All right. For, yeah. We're watching Perfect taking day. a Pelham one, two, three next week. Join us on that. Uh, until next time. Have a, what, what, how, do we have a sign? I don't know. Let's, how about this? May your darts be true. <laughs> may as the they darts always be are. ever in your favor. Yeah, may the darts lead you <laughs> to wonder. <laughs> I don't know. Well, don't worry, everyone. We will do Good night, our best everybody. to improve. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. If you want to keep in touch or if you have a bullseye selection you want to send our way, drop us a line at dartboardmovienight at gmail.com. If it's for the bullseye, make sure you use subject line bullseye confidential. Follow us on Instagram at dartboardmovienight. Artwork for the show is created by Veronica Roman, and all of our music is by Eric Williams. Play us out, Eric. <laughs> <laughs>